Hey everyone, and welcome to the God and My Girlfriends podcast, where we talk about how to nurture the most important relationships in our lives, our relationships with God, our friends, and with ourselves. So join us, won't you? Hey friends, it's Marsha here, and um, honestly, I wasn't sure we were going to have a podcast this week. It's been a really uh, crazy week here in our household. Anyone that um, follows me on social media probably knows this already, but we had a little crisis here with uh, one of our very important family members, our dog, Charlie. Um, We found out that he had a large tumor in his abdomen, and we got very very sick very quickly and we thought we were going to lose him and this past week was I mean we were just gutted we literally were on the verge of having him put down and then my husband just said uh can't do it I I, we can't do it Marsha we have to talk to one more doctor we've got to give him one more chance before we give up our little Charlie is such a good dog he's the best dog um, like I said if you can go to any of my socials and you'll see plenty of pictures of Charlie and you'll understand that he really is a member of our family um, dog lovers unite you know how it is it's awful they're just such a huge part of your daily life and they their little personalities they make you laugh and anyway it was we were gutted there for a couple of days and we were literally asking everyone to pray for a miracle and you know what I'm staring at little Charlie right now he's sitting beside me he came through surgery like a champ He's doing great. He's not happy about the cone on his head that he's got to wear for a few more days. But we really do sort of feel like we got that miracle that we prayed for. We just were not ready to lose him. So thank you guys for, I know a lot of you out there were praying for Charlie and for us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We um, we still don't know if the tumor was benign or malignant. So if you guys want to just kind of keep some prayers up for that, let's pray that it's benign. And then we know we're, we're out of the woods with him. So keeping our fingers crossed for that. But that whole thing just, it set me back, really. And I wasn't sure I had it in me to put a podcast together. And then I remembered this beautiful book that a friend of mine wrote called Paw Prince of Wisdom that actually got us through uh, a few years ago when we lost our two dogs back to back. It was excruciating. And this little book came out and it just reminded us um, what dogs bring into our lives and how important it is to open our hearts again to a new animal uh, once we lose one. And I started reading the book and I thought, If there's anything I can do 
a podcast on this week. I think it's, I think I'm going to do a podcast for the dog lovers out there. And there's a bunch of you because I know so many of you have been um, following along on Charlie's journey and you're invested and it means so much to us and we really, really appreciate it. So I called my friend, Carol Grace Anderson, who wrote this book and I said, would you consider coming on the podcast this week? I I want to talk about our our the relationships we have with our dogs. This is what this podcast is about. It's all about relationships. But let me tell you this. Even if you're not a dog lover, you need to listen to this pod. You need to listen to this episode because Carol brings some truth bombs. She is a wise and wonderful woman and you are going to love her. I mean, you won't even believe some of the stories that she has. Um, she has lived a incredibly colorful life. Um, as, a, as a kid, she lived in an 18-foot trailer surrounded by circus performers. <laughs> and I asked her about that. I had to ask her about that in the, in the interview. Um, she moved to Nashville, had a staff writing deal. She had a lot of success as a songwriter. She had songs recorded by many national artists, including Bobby Bear, Terry Gibbs, Gary Stewart, Roy Clark, Mickey Gilley, David Allen Coe, Dorothy Moore, David Sugar, Wood Newton. I could go on and on. In 1980, she joined Roy Clark's band and toured all over the world as one of his background singers. And she's I ask her about all this. You're, you're going to be delighted at her stories. Um, she's performed with entertainment legends like Johnny Cash, Jimmy Buffett, Willie Nelson. As an actress, Carol has even had movie roles with Faye Dunaway and Sandra Bullock. Y'all remember that movie, The Thing Called Love? Yeah, Carol's in that. And she's an artist. I mean, a beautiful painter. But being a successful songwriter, singer, artist, actress, no, that wasn't enough for our friend Carol. She was just getting started. Then she started writing books. She wrote the popular book, Get Fired Up Without Burning Out, and which led to her teaching life skills and stress management before becoming a sought-after motivational speaker. She also has an inspiring story that she wrote that's in the million-selling book, Chicken Soup for the College Soul. And in the last few years, she's been busy as a writer and illustrator for Blue Mountain Arts. We see her greeting cards often in our many Cracker Barrel visits. We're Cracker Barrel fans. <laughs> and now she's an audiobook narrator for Amazon. I mean, come on. This woman, she has done it all. But... In spite of all her accomplishments, Carol would say that she has learned more practical life lessons from her dog, Cowgirl, than from any college course. Her latest book, Paw Prints of Wisdom, is a reminder of those powerful lessons about love, laughter, loss, patience, and more that we can learn from our furry friends. And after what we went through this past week with our sweet Charlie, I pulled out my copy and was reminded of how beautiful this little book is. So I am so glad that she graciously said yes when I said, please come on the podcast. So y'all get ready for this very colorful, amazing conversation 
with my friend, Carol Grace Anderson. Welcome, Carol Anderson. How are you doing today? I am great, thank you. It's a beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. It is beautiful today. I had some friends that were visiting in town, and we just had lunch out at Papa Turney's on the lake. <laughs> Have you guys ever gone out there? Oh, yes, yeah, several times. The barbecue, forget it. It's so good, right? Oh, oh, it's fantastic. And you're like, the weather today, there was a beautiful breeze off the lake, and we were looking at the boats. It felt like I was like on vacation for about an hour. <laughs> good. <laughs> we all need that now and then. We do, we do. And, um, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. We didn't, of course, the pandemic kept everyone from seeing each other very much last year. But you and I have been bumping into each other in our workout sessions lately at the Y. <laughs> Yay, I love it. <laughs> I know. They are so I fun. It. I got busy Friday morning and didn't make it to the strength training class. So I went to Zumba instead. Uh. But those those classes are just, they're the, the highlight of my life right now. I love them. <laughs> Me too. I love it. The music is so loud and blasting. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's fun. I, I look forward to seeing you there. And our husbands were friends even before you and I met. Yes. They actually they were like living on each side of a duplex for, I don't know how many years they lived. Quite a few years. Neighbors. Yeah. That used to be a studio. One side. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah, Mike's side kind of turned into a studio, especially after we got married. And he just used his side for the studio. And then your husband, Coleman, who's an amazing guitar player, amazing musician. Thank he you. And, he and Rusty were living on the other side. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for years. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, man. I, we were so grateful that Coleman found you, Carol. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am so grateful I found him, too. I'm not kidding. It just, it was a God thing. Oh, I know. I know. Totally. I, I love that story. Weren't you guys just like in, in a UPS store or something? I had gone to Office Max and I was having uh, printed up some programs. My mother was a piano teacher upstate New York. Mm. So I used to design her little programs and send them up to her or take them up if I could get up there. Oh, wow. So I was waiting for the printing and this guy walks in and I went, whoa, who's that? Huh. And I kept looking. I thought he looks familiar. And I kept looking. I said, well, where, where have I seen him? And he, he looked at me and I looked at him. And then when I went to check out, I was in line. And then the line he was in, the computer broke. So they all had to get in the line I was in and he was standing behind me. And I said, excuse me, aren't you a guitar player? And, <gasps> and he said, yeah, that's what I do full time. I said, I swear I have seen you play somewhere. So you had seen him. You, he was. Yeah, yeah we, we can't figure out where. And you guys started talking and then did you exchange numbers right there in the line at Office Yes, Max? yes. So uh, <laughs> I would say. I, so he was telling me, well, he used to play with Crystal Bernard from Wings and he used to play with Tanya Tucker. That I said, oh, well, maybe I, I used to tour with Roy Clark and this one and that one. And maybe I saw you on the road somewhere. We could never figure it out. But so he said, well, I don't have a card with me. Do you? And I said, yeah. So I gave him my card. And that night I'm checking emails and he said, met you in line at Office Max. I went, oh, whoa. <laughs> he didn't waste any time. No. 
no. So right, boom. And we started talking and then he, we'd send more emails. And then we finally got together and went out to lunch. And that was it 16 years ago. Oh, I love that. That is, y'all are a great couple. Y'all oh, are awesome thank you. together. <laughs> thank you. We have fun. <laughs> we do. Oh, we got through man. the pandemic very well. Right. That's what Mike and I said, you know, with we've been together 23 years, but one of us has always been on the road, you know, so we have honestly never spent that much concentrated time together. And uh, we were really proud of ourselves. We did well. So that's a good sign, Marsha. It is a good sign. (laughs) We like our husbands. We do like like our, we do. Oh man. Well, listen, before we started talking, I kind of went, through your bio and, and, and tried to tell everyone all of the amazing things that you have done. It's, it's incredible, really. Thank you. Um, but, and we'll talk about some of those things in a minute. And of course, I want to get to this precious book you wrote. We'll get to that too. But, but before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests one thing just to kick off the conversation. Although I've told everyone what you do, um, I want them to know a little bit about who you are. So what is one thing you'd like the listeners to know about Carol? I've been thinking about this and I've come up with one word, resilient. Oh, that is so accurate. I, you are the most resilient person I know. That is so accurate. Thank you. Yeah. When I think about it, you know, I've moved from New York state to Nashville uh, right after I got my master's, I was going to be a guidance counselor and I moved to Nashville and took that risk and made it work. But so many things have come up and losing my sister and in fact, losing my doggy, which is why I wrote the book. And yeah. my first book was Get Fired Up Without Burning Out, which I wrote as a way to heal from the loss of my sister, who was 41. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's right. And she passed away. Uh, was it cancer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had metastatic breast cancer. Mm. Yeah. So she left us way too early. Yeah. How close in age were you two? Nine years apart. I was nine years older. But you were very close. Oh, we moved here together. We roomed together until she got married. And we were on the road together 24-7 with Roy Clark and with Alex Harvey and others. So we were together so much. It was such a gift, really. We went all over the world together. We went to Russia and England and France and Ireland, and we we just lived it up. I'm so glad we had a full time together. So when you were with when you were with Roy Clark, she was also a background vocalist, yes. right? Yep. So you two got to travel in Roy's band together. How special! Oh, it was fantastic! What a gift! And the laughs and the everything about it was just a, a wonderful experience for many years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was looking at your, your bio, I, and I have to ask you about this. We're going to go backwards for just a minute. So you grew up in New York, right? New York state, upstate, uh, in the Hudson Valley near West Point Mm -hmm. along the Hudson river area. Well, tell me about living near a bunch of circus performers. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, until I was 13, we lived in New Jersey in a trailer park, Metropolitan Trailer Park. And wow. it's still there. So anyway, we lived in an 18-foot trailer. My mom and dad, my older sister Lynn and I, Mary Beth wasn't here yet, nor my brother Jimmy. So we lived there, and then we moved up into a 30-foot trailer. Oh, <laughs> living large. Those campers are a little, at least that big, if not bigger. And, you know, talk about resilience. We all just thought, you know, this is normal. We thought everybody lived on wheels. We didn't know the difference. Wow. But there were circus performers nearby? Yes, they were all our neighbors. <laughs> because, because it was so easy for them to live in a trailer park with small trailers so they could go during the different seasons, you know, uh, all these tra trampoline people and people who walked the tightrope, uh, people who roller skated on a round little table. And Zippy, the chimpanzee, was living right two doors down. And so we were literally surrounded by circus performers. What an interesting childhood you had. That, yes, I bet it that was. was, you've got all kinds of stories. What did your dad do for a living? My dad was a minister, and mm. he had a, a youth program called Jubilee Youth. Mm. And when we lived in the trailer park, we lived right across from the George Washington Bridge. So right, at, right outside of Manhattan. And in the summer, he would have tent meetings in Brooklyn for weeks on end. Really? They'd put up these huge tents and the places would be packed every night of the summer. They'd have uh, kids programs. And then at night, we'd have a service every night and bring in special music and the whole thing. So, wow. yeah. What denomination were you? He was really, he was ordained a Baptist minister, but he had mm -hmm. different denomination churches. Sometimes he would be in a reformed church. And sometimes uh, one time he, he was the pastor of a Presbyterian church. So wow. he would kind of move around to wherever we lived and they needed a pastor. There he was. <laughs> so, and my mother was his pianist and organist. So they had it going on. <laughs> well, they so did. that's why I started. They, they put us up to sing all the time when we were two and three. They got you right into music. Right. So they had us performing at a very young age. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, so you kind of grew up performing in the church. Yes. And fell in love with music that yes. way. Yeah. Um, but you went to college and got a counseling degree, correct? Uh-huh. Master's in counselor education. And what was your plan? What were you going to do with that? Well, I wanted to teach. So I did. I taught in a, a New York State correctional facility. Really? Uh-huh. For four or five years. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. And then I realized I wanted to make a difference, but everyone kept coming back. The recidivism was through the roof. So I thought, you know, I'm trying so hard. I'm pouring my heart out. And the same people come back all the time. Mm. So I just thought, you know, I think I need, a ch I need to keep fired up. So I got a little band together. On weekends, we'd play music. An all-girl band called Ladysmith. So that really? helped me get through my other gig. <laughs> wow, mm -hmm. an all-girl band. You guys were ahead of your time there. Putting we were. Up. We were. So... Anyway, that led to uh, me moving to Nashville. We, we happened to get a writing deal with Chapel Music. 
So we thought, well, at least we'll have a little job because we just left. We, we came to Nashville and took that risk. And Was uh, your sister in the band too? Yes, she played okay. bass. I played really? Keyboard. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, and we got to sing on a commercial with Johnny Cash and uh, we got oh. to sing on Terry Gibbs' album, Somebody's Knocking. Yeah. That was so fun. That whole album is really, she was something. That's you guys doing the backgrounds on that? Yes. Oh, yep. my gosh. That was a huge hit. It was. It was a pop hit, a country hit. It was just fabulous. It was just the right time, I guess, for that song. Wow. So you're writing. You've got a writing deal in Nashville. So you moved to Nashville, and you're writing songs. And I know that you had a lot of success. You had several cuts and I went through all that in the intro there, but um, before we get off your songwriting a bit, was there one cut that you got as a songwriter that was a special one for you? Yeah. You know, uh, I had written a song called um, once or twice. It's called once or twice every morning, once or twice in the afternoon, a couple of times every evening. Yeah, and so a lot of people cut that. Dave and Sugar. And, really? Yeah, some country acts and, and then uh, others too. Dorothy Moore had a big a number one in Australia. She did it very Once soulful. or twice. Were you talking about coffee? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, about thinking of you. Okay. I can't believe you're calling me right out of the blue. I don't think of you that much. Only once or twice every morning, every oh. afternoon, every evening. Yeah, okay. I'd say that is one of my favorite cuts. So how did you meet Roy Clark? Let's see. There were two backup singers in Nashville, Marsha and Pebble. Did you ever hear of them? No, I don't remember them. When we first moved here in the 70s, they did a lot of backup work with Delbert and a whole bunch of them. And we got a call from this woman who said, I'm Roy Clark's music director, and we're looking for two singers to go on the road we already have one which was her and we need two more and you were recommended to audition so we said oh cool well we will we you know so we got in line with all the tons of people who were auditioning for working with roy clark who was like the top of his game so we got it we got the gig and we thought, uh-oh, now what? They said, okay, <laughs> you'll start next month in Vegas for two weeks. Well, we were a wreck in Vegas. So what, what do you wear on stage in Vegas? We had never been to Vegas. And, you know, do you have to have this or that? Do you have to wear real high heels? What's yeah. the deal? We didn't know. So anyway, uh, it worked out great. We became like family with Roy. We oh. sure did to the very end of his life. Yeah, yeah, I saw you worked with him for like 20 years in one capacity or another, exactly. right? Publicist, singer, mm -hmm. you're good friends. Yes. Oh, man. I, I, Mike and I still, every time now and then when he haws on, we're like, let's see if we can see Carol on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We did uh, 10 seasons of Hee Haw with Roy. Wow. Uh -huh. So that was fun. And uh, so that's how we got in with Roy. It just was a, one of those serendipitous things that's saying, oh, you should call Carol and Mary Beth. They probably won't want to leave town and go on the road, but it's worth asking. We go, yeah, when do we start? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we had no children, nothing holding us back where we'd say, well, we really can't because we knew he worked about 225 days a year. Wow. 
at least. So we were gone almost all the time. Wow. On a bus? Did you tour on the well, bus? Well, see, the bus had this whole band. We had this big band. And so the bus took all the band members and the sound people. So we had to fly on Roy's private jet. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Really? So, uh, yeah, so we had to fly with Roy because there wasn't enough room on the bus. And it made sense because he had like a seven-seater airplane. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was really a fun thing to fly all over and, and not have to take those long bus rides. We did a few times, but mostly there just wasn't room. Right. And in, 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 in those days, Roy was really like he was at the top of his game. He was totally. a big 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 star he was he was and he would pack them in in vegas and lake tahoe and reno and with symphonies and he did the tonight show we did that like three times which was so mm. fun and exciting you know he was just and sometimes he even was the guest host of oh, wow. i mean of the tonight of show. the tonight show yeah. yeah and so that that was just such a great experience wow yeah that is so incredible. Um, and I know you've been, like I said, you've, you've been an actress. You've done several <laughs> little roles on, in movies. <laughs> you even, I remember a few years ago when you discovered your ability to, to paint. All of a sudden yeah. you're making this incredible art and we're like going to your art shows and we're like, Carol, how long have you been painting? How? And you're like, I just started. <laughs> yep. Yes, it it just was in me, I guess. And once I uh, started painting and someone suggested that I write for Blue Mountain Arts, write the poems inside the cards. And <clears throat> I didn't really love the artwork that they had on a lot of their cards in, in stores. Mm -hmm. So I would start sending them uh, samples with my artwork on the cover and my poems inside. And they... They said, let's do it. Yeah. And they said, oh, okay. For example, I just got this this week. Oh, look at that. Did you paint that? I did. And they just sent I me a copies this week. So that's why it's on my table. Oh, look. And I see your CGA is in the corner. Uh -huh. So that's on the front of any Blue Mountain Art greeting cards. If you see CGA, you know Carol painted mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and here's another one they just sent me that they just put oh. out. So hopefully these are in Cracker Barrel now. So, That's what we usually do see them in Cracker Barrel. I wish, of course, y'all are listening. You can't see the cards that she's showing me because we're not using video, but they are beautiful. Oh, and thank you. Yes, Blue Mountain Arts, those greeting cards are in Cracker Barrel and probably some other locations. Yeah, they should be, right. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. And then you write the sentiment on the inside of the card. I as do. Well. I do. Right. And now you're doing audiobook narration for Amazon. I mean, you're like, my Next. we were watching Forrest Gump and you know how Forrest Gump does like everything. Like he's great at everything. We're like, Carol's like Forrest Gump. She does everything. She can Desperate. do and she does it. And she does it well. It's oh, like amazing. You. Well, Let's get to so the book situation. You started writing. You know, I, you were, um, you were. We even skipped over the fact that you were you for a while there. You were a very in demand motivational speaker. Did that kind of 
was that um, a leap off of your first book, the Get well, Fired Up Without Burning Out? No, it was, um, I started speaking first and I went to, I belonged to the National Speakers Association. I went to one of our conferences and this friend of mine at the table, we were having lunch and he said, Carol, when are you doing a book? I said, oh, well, I'm working on my Get Fired Up Without Burning Out, but you know, I have to do a lot more to it. And he said, it doesn't have to be big. It has to be done. Oh. Okay. I came home from that conference and finished my book in two weeks. Carol. Because it doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing is perfect. Oh my gosh. So you know what? I just put everything I knew in there. That is what I needed to hear today. I think our conversation might be for me today because I've been struggling to get my book done and I'm struggling because I just keep rewriting it, rewriting and trying to make it perfect, you know, mm. perfect. Right. Um, and it's like, oh, this could be better. This could be better. But you know what? It just needs to get done. It does. Say so many people need to hear your message. So we oh, need to get wow. it out there. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I did hear a similar sentiment. Beth Moore was talking recently to some, a writer's group I was in, and she was saying, you know, don't think about the future. Just write from where you are right now. Because, yes, I mean, our perspectives uh, the information we have, we're constantly growing, right? So the book that I would write a year from now wouldn't be the same book that I would write right now, but just write the book you have in you right now. Yeah, that's great advice, Marsha. And just yes. get it done. Yeah, just get it. Just get it out there. So thank you for that. I needed to hear that. That was excellent. Good. Very good. Excellent advice. It worked for me. It got me going. I thought, yeah, well, it's not big enough. I think I should do a big, thick book. Because, no, it doesn't have to be big. <laughs> Has to be done. Okay. You know, you're such a, you're, you, you have such a motivational spirit. It just shines through just every time I'm around you, I feel kind of inspired and motivated. Thank you. What do you, what do you credit for helping you keep such a positive outlook every day? Like what's your secret? I think part of it is I had a very positive dad mm. and, uh, he was always upbeat. He'd get up full of vinegar and just loved living. And he was always upbeat. And I, I just kind of, I thought, oh, well, and my mother was too. Mm. But I, I think that had a lot to do with it. They, they were always positive and upbeat and very supportive of me and Mary Beth taken off from, from home to move to Nashville. <laughs> and they helped us move that. My dad built a little trailer to put a couch in and a bed in and so he drove all our stuff down here for us so he, he's you know he's just upbeat he was very supportive and maybe that's part of it maybe and I, I know you guys must have really made them proud they must have gotten such a kick out of watching your careers just blossom like that well they did they they were um, totally supportive it was a funny thing that we had a song recorded by Gary Stewart called Your Place or Mine. Mm. And it was on the big country music station in New York, WHN. And my dad would be driving. He became a guidance counselor along with his churches. So he'd be driving to be a guidance counselor. And, and this would come on the radio. And they said, oh, our local girls, Carol and Mary Beth Anderson, here's their hit song, Your Place or Mine. He said, oh. Carol, couldn't it have been a different title? <laughs> 
nice little dad. Your preacher daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> of all things. Well, at least you didn't write heavens just a sin away. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, we didn't. <laughs> Close, but no cigar. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I swear. My daddy loved the Kindles. And every time I would get in his car to drive somewhere when he was older and I would like borrow his car, that's the song it would be blasting as heaven's just a sin away. And I'm like, Daddy. <laughs> oh, isn't that hilarious? Those I know. lyrics. But I love so, the Kindles, too. They were great. You know, though, I, I'm going to go back for a minute to you talking about saying that your word was resilient. I'm sure your positive outlook has helped you stay resilient, right? Yes, by all means. And I've studied behavior of all different cultures. And they say the one thing that adds the most to longevity, and these people in the mountains that would live to be 104 and 110, and they all said it was resilience. Because we're all going to have loss. We're yes. all going to lose loved ones. And we're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose so much. And it's the bouncing back to, to grieve. And then to mm -hmm. bounce back and just say, okay, let me move forward. Let me not wallow in this. Let me feel it, but let me go forward. Because that will help us to get over and get into a new place of blessings. Yes. Not forget the past and the losses, but to learn to live with that. So I think if we can all be resilient, I, I, I wish I were more resilient, really. But um, I think that's an important trait. Because don't you know some people who just keep wallowing around in their sorrows and. Oh, yes, oh. they can't. They're just stuck. Yeah, Completely they're stuck. stuck. Mm -hmm. Yes. I That's... mean, I I think I've been in I've had seasons of being stuck. And luckily, something someone was able to kind of uh, help me see that I had a choice that mm. I couldn't just stay. I didn't have to stay stuck, you know. Right. And find, find ways to crawl out of that. That's good. Dark, dark place. Um, so. And, you know, I, yeah. I've been to therapists when I'd go through those places. They helped me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I lost my sister, I just said, you know, what do I do? It's like half of me is gone. So I, I went to therapy and that was helpful. I went to group therapy. That was helpful to realize mm -hmm. I'm not alone. And, you know, people would offer different solutions. And so there's ways I think to try to work out of our stuck periods because last year, I think a lot of us kind of were in a minor depression. Yes. We were isolated. We didn't know how bad this pandemic was going to be. We didn't know how long it would be. And, you know, it was just, Oh boy, I, it was a rough time. I think for everybody. And then to be so isolated, it, it was a, uh, it was a tough year. Hey friends, we're taking a little break to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriends Ministries, which is a nonprofit that helps women in all walks of life. Women helping women be everything God created them to be. That's our mission. We have online Bible studies and book clubs, a single mama's ministry, live events, workshops, as well as this podcast. If you'd like to support our mission or become involved with any of our programs, go to our website, which is www.GodAndMyGirlfriendsOnline.com. There you can message us about getting involved or support us by donating to help us help others. 
All donations are 100% tax deductible as we are a certified 501c3 nonprofit. You can also find us on one of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere, and we love hearing from you guys. So reach out when you can and let us know how we can serve you or someone you know. And now, back to the conversation. Well, speaking of lessons, life lessons, <laughs> this book that you've written, um, a lot of people were uh, have been checking on us last week that a lot of our friends know and people that follow me on social know that we almost lost our precious little oh, dog, Charlie. Yeah. So sweet. And oh, gosh. I know. And it was, we were just, <sighs> just gutted. He's such a big part of our family and you know, all anyone else that's a real dog lover understands that or any sort of pet lover that knows mm-hmm. that they're just such a, they're just such a consistent part of your everyday life, even more than some human beings, you know, so they, you know, the thought of losing them um, is, is, it's a deep, deep loss. And um, I remember several years ago, we lost both of our family dogs. We had two beloved family pets, Django and Ellie, and we lost Ooh. Django. And three days later, we lost Ellie. So mm. we lost both of them back to back. And we were so devastated and grieved so hard that I remember at one point, Mike and I both saying, uh, yeah, no, we're not getting another dog ever again. We're not going through this pain ever mm. again. And it was your book back then. I remember that reading it and remembering what a dog brings to your life and how important it is. And you put it so beautifully. You actually break, break it down. Um, the book is called Paw Prince of Wisdom, Life Lessons from Our Dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's got a beautiful picture of, of cowgirl on the front. That's cowgirl, right? Yeah, that's cowgirl. And then you go through all these, you break it down into all these different lessons. And as I was reading, you know, as we were reading it, we were like, you know what? We do need another dog. It's worth, the pain is worth it. You know, the love is worth the pain that we have to, that we will probably have to endure again because animals' lives are just not as long as human beings' lives. And I think, you know, our pets would want us to rescue somebody else, some other dog or cat, you know, and give that love that they would just appreciate that we would help others, other pets out like we help them out. Absolutely. I mean, I almost feel like Mike and I have laughed so much because Charlie, our little dog, is he's such a combination of Django and Ellie. It's almost like our two dogs that left us sent us one that combined them together Mm. and made it. It's so weird. It's so we were like, oh my gosh, I see he's got little bits of Ellie's personality, but he looks a little more like Django because he's a terrier. And it's just like, yeah, it's like we've sort of felt like our dog sent Charlie to us to go, mm-hmm. Charlie, yeah. you go to, go to them. Cause he was a rescue. He kind of came to us. We didn't really mm. go out looking for one, but I was looking just at some of the, the different lessons that we learn. One of them, lesson five to learn to live in the present. <laughs> yes. Dogs live in the spark of the moment and take action. Now they really do like dogs are all about that moment. They're not living in the past. They're not living in the future. Right. 
they teach us to just live in the now. I love that. Yes, they play now and they want to eat now and they're they're all excited about each of the activities and then they're ready to take a nap now. You know, they do live in the present. We're well, what am I going to do in 6 months if this doesn't happen? What, you know, they're just here now, right? Here now. Yep. Here now. Like that old then, saying, you must be present to win. To win. <laughs> <laughs> really? Let, Lesson six, enthusiasm. It's like, my dog is so enthusiastic, she celebrates the grand opening of a can of dog food. <laughs> yes. They do, though, right? They, they do. Celebrate, they, they celebrate you walking in the door every time. They're right. celebrating. They're like, you're home. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. You know? <laughs> it's hard to have a bad attitude when you have a, a dog or a kitty. Oh my gosh. I know. They're just always there to kind of, you know, um, in, interestingly enough, I, I, I got permission to tell this story. Uh, I was in the studio yesterday with my friend, John Albany, who has a beautiful little dog named Millie. And um, before Millie, he had Sammy. And when we work at John's studio, Sammy was always in the studio with everybody. And, and it was hard when Sammy passed and John, was depressed and he said he was even having some health problems his blood pressure was going up and his doctor said well i can either put you on some blood pressure medicine or you could consider getting a dog mm, i love it and that's a john great medicine said, i know and john said really and he was like yeah and, you know i think that might help a lot of things and sure enough he said he got millie and you know, his depression lifted. He had this little life in the house again yes. and someone to love and to give love back. And he went back to the doctor six months later and his all his medical issues, his blood pressure, everything was just great. I love <laughs> it. That is beautiful. Well, then it gives us something else to focus on, you know, besides yeah. our sadness is say, oh, time for a walk or, you know, and they, they're funny. They make you laugh. And They know. are funny. There is a lot of laughter. And um, I think there's studies that show that, you know, elderly people that have a pet live longer because they have, you know, a reason to sort of get up and something to, to like love and have love back. It, right. it's, it's an important relationship in people's lives. They're dogs. Oh, totally. They're part of the family and they add so much to, to every day. Mm hmm. Your lesson number eight on here is forgiveness. Dogs are the most forgiving creatures on earth. What a lesson we can learn from oh, them. Oh, heavens, yes. Right. They don't hold grudges. Now, cats. <laughs> <laughs> they may. <laughs> they <Not> may. Sure. <laughs> they, they are a whole different animal, aren't they? And right. Literally and figuratively. I know, but they do like... They just have this unconditional love. I remember someone to, someone said he, a long time ago, they were like, uh, God spelled backwards is dog because <laughs> they, it, that dog is the only thing that has the closest to like unconditional love that God has for uh, human beings. That yes. dog is almost has that same kind of love. Absolutely. No matter what you do. Unconditional. That's, that's not easy too. I know. I know. Um, I'm looking at, at some more of these lessons. I mean, there's every single one of them is, is 
from from simplicity to friendship to patience to um exercise oh yeah you know it's like oh dog needs exercise i'm gonna get out and have some exercise yep, too it exactly helps, helps get us up and moving right yes yep they're they're just good for so many parts of our spirit and and our life in general and, the, and then the ones here at the end, the ones that really got to me were like uh, lesson 14 is loss. Uh, we Dogs give us an opportunity to learn how to live through loss. And a friend of mine said the other day when she was talking about Charlie and we were thinking we were going to lose him and she was like, I, it's just so unfair. Like, why do dogs have such a short mm. lifespan? You know, it's like they're such a gift. And then we don't get to you know enjoy them our whole lives because of the shorter lifespans that they have but that is one thing it's like they teach us a lesson in in how to let go yes. how to live through loss and those are the lessons that we have to learn on this planet because no one's going to live without losing something they love right no that's right it's a very very important part of life is loss that so if we can learn how to get through loss the best way the healthiest way then you know what a gift that is and to lose a, a pet is is a huge loss because they're so dependent on us for their whole lives oh. for everything they yes. depend on us to take them out to get their food to take give them exercise whatever it is to pet them to love them um so you know, it's so it's so hard when we lose them because they have been like uh, babies and toddlers who need our help through their whole lives. Yeah, our our friends Amy and Jamie um, just lost their precious Lewis, a beautiful, beautiful dog, um, a couple of weeks ago, and they actually Amy and Jamie are the ones that gave us Charlie. They're the ones that found Charlie. Jamie's mother had been trying to take care of him down in Alabama. He'd been abandoned and Oh, they, little they, Charlie was, ab I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yes. His family moved away and left him behind. Oh my heavens. And he lived, they lived near Jamie's mother down in Alabama and she had been doing her best to take care of him. But she was like, this little dog deserves a home. He needs a home. I can't, I can't take care of him forever. I can't, um, handle another dog right now. And so she was doing her best to feed him and take care of him. And um, Amy and Jamie called and they said, have you guys gotten another dog yet? And we were like, no, but we're not even sure we really want another dog because we mm. were in that, that place, you know? And uh, finally I said, well, well, why are you asking? And, and she said, well, there's this little dog down here that, you know, Jamie's mom's been trying to take care of. It really needs a home. He's a sweet little dog. And uh, we just wondered if you guys might be interested in meeting him, you know, and uh, we were kind of dragging our feet there for a little while. We were just like, mm, not sure, but it had been six months since we'd lost the dog. So we'd had some time to grieve and mm -hmm. some time to think about everything. And anyway, they brought him to Nashville and, and we said, well, we'll meet him, but we're not, we're not going to, you know, promise. <laughs> right. We'll, no just, commitments. We'll, just we'll just meet him. But I mean, we met him and immediately fell in love with him. 
and uh, that was six six and a half years ago that we've had him. Wow. So we don't really know how we don't know how old he is uh-uh. because the doctor thought he was two or three when we got him. So we think he might be somewhere between eight and ten years old. But um, yeah, I I uh, I can't remember now what we <laughs> where I was going with this topic. But well, um, we were talking about how when you lose a pet and you. Uh, aren't really sure that you can go through that again. And then something happens that you just say, well, maybe my heart is open now, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, or maybe it can be open because it adds so much to our lives to just reach out and open our hearts to a new pet. It really does. Take that that risk. And I know what we were talking about too, when I brought up Amy and Jamie, because they lost their dog Lewis and uh, Amy and Jamie uh, had both both lost parents at a young age, and they both um, have have dealt with quite a bit of loss in their own mm. lives. But Jamie said, "You know, this one feels uniquely different." He said, "We've gone through a lot of loss, but losing Lewis, it was like their firstborn, like their first when they just got married. They oh. got Lewis, and mm. you know." And yes. I said, "It really is a unique loss. It's different from losing a human, but it's equally can be equally." as, as devastating. Yes. Um, it can be very devastating. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's heart wrenching, but, uh, also being able to open our hearts back up to another one. Our friend James Casto said, told us one time, he said, you know, uh, Oh, and I'm not going to get this right. How did he say it? He said, uh, your, uh, your next pet will be the beneficiary of all the lessons your last pet taught you. See, now that's beautiful. Right. Oh, that's I, I a think beautiful that, thought. That may not be exactly what he said, but basically saying, you know, with each pet, each pet teaches us something. Yes. And we're like a little bit better of a pet owner for the next one and the next one, you know, and. Um, that's perfectly and, said. Wow. So uh, Cowgirl was your beautiful dog that, that inspired you to write this this book you lost cowgirl and got callie was your next yes dog, right? sweet little callie yeah and she how was long did you have her 11 years mm-hmm. and i had cowgirl for 11 years too and i have oh. no idea how old they were because when i uh, first I, I had moved into a condo and I was the only one that lived in the whole complex because they were just building this complex. So mm-hmm. I was coming back from meeting friends and, and I see this cute dog standing by my front door. And since I was the only one living there, I go, where are you supposed to be, little doggy? So then I mm-hmm. said, well, you better go back to your home. I figured she had a nice leather collar on. I knew she must belong somewhere. So sure enough, the next day, She was back at the front door and I was the only one living in this huge complex. So I finally, my heart was breaking. It was like sleeting outside. It was so cold. It was in February and she was just sitting out there with her long blonde fur blowing in the breeze. And so I just Mm. said, okay, well, if you will come in here, she was full of mud from all the building going on and full of cement and all kinds of things from, I guess, just being a loose dog. So I said, look, I just moved in here, but if you will lie on this sheet overnight, I will take you to the vet tomorrow and see where your home is and see if you're okay and healthy. 
So my bedroom was upstairs. I went upstairs. And then when I got up the next morning, I looked down. Sure enough, she's right on the sheet. Like I said, she didn't get up off that sheet. So I said, okay, let's go check you out. So I took her to the vet and he said, yeah, she's in very good health, you know, but she really needs to be groomed and all that cut out, all that mud and cement. So I said, well, if you find who who has left her or <laughs> who owns her, let me know. Anyway, so mm-hmm. she moved in with me and I had to find babysitters and house sitters when I was on the road a lot. <laughs> But that always worked out, you know, that people loved to loved cowgirls. So yeah. they said, oh, we'll keep Sounds her for a week or two weeks. I go, oh, that's wonderful. And she was very resilient, Aww. too, cowgirl. She'd go to all these different, oh, fine, good. And then she was always happy when I came home. So, uh, yeah, so she just kind of came to me. Oh. I had no idea how old she was. But she was a wonderful, strong, adorable dog. And then when I lost her, I was just heartbroken of course and um a week after i was in the post office and this woman who worked at the vet said oh how are you doing and i said oh i'm not doing great and she was crying and i was crying and when i got home she was calling me and she said hey i just realized we have this stray that's so much like cowgirls she's real sweet and just adorable and your type of dog do you want to just come down and look at her? And I said, well, not today, maybe tomorrow. So the next morning I went and looked at Callie and I said, okay, that does it. <laughs> so, you just know, right? You, you just yeah. know, you have a connection. Yes. So it's like a soul connection. And I wasn't looking, of course, mm-hmm. you know, so that's how things happen. They, when they're meant to be, I think they just find a way to you and to your heart. Mm. Well, I agree. I agree. And uh, do y'all have a puppy now? You don't, do you? Do you just have cat? No, we have a kitty now named Happy. Happy. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the cutest, sweetest, funniest. She got us through this pandemic so beautifully Mm -hmm. because she is just funny. And she has a smile on her face. I'll have to send you a picture. Aww. But she, her markings are a big smile. Oh, so that's so what when I saw her happy. <laughs> on the. It was called Love and Purrs Sanctuary, and I happened to see it on Facebook, and I said, "Oh, look at this, Coleman! Look at this cute little face!" And he goes, "Let's go look at her." So we called and we applied to adopt her, and we we got her when she was about. A month or two old. As soon as she was adoptable, we brought her home, and she's been absolutely wonderful. Aww. She just turned two, Aww. and she's just uh, the light of the house. You know, she's just a light, a bright light, and always happy. <laughs> I'll have to show you her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to see her. It's amazing yeah. how when <clears throat> when Django and Ellie died, it's amazing how you just walk in the house. And you just sense this emptiness. You don't even have to see them or not. You know what I mean? There's just this, like, they bring this presence into the house, whether or not you see them there or not. And when they're gone, it's just like this deafening silence. It's so. Yes. How they. Such an emptiness. It really is. It really, really is. Oh, I was just looking here at your book. I didn't realize Blue Mountain Arts actually put out your book, too. Yeah. Uh huh. So they awesome. used to have them in Cracker Barrel, but I think um, now they just have them on Amazon. 
Well, I'm going to put the link to this book in our show notes. And also when we, uh, when this comes live, I will definitely put it on all our socials because you guys, if you are an animal lover, or if you know someone that's an animal lover, this book is so sweet. It's a, it's a beautiful present. It's, and it's a beautiful coffee table book. It's just so cute. It's, you can pick it up and just glance through it and grab something really precious. Even if you just open it, randomly open it up and find a page, you'll go, Oh, Mm. I love that. There's a lot of wisdom in this book came from the dogs, but you put it together and you are a wise and wonderful lady, Carol. We so appreciate you coming on today and giving us your time and wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to see you and talk to you and, and work out with you. Oh, we're working out. <laughs> we play balderdash. We do all kinds uh-huh. of stuff. I love all that. I know. I know. Well, I, hopefully I'll see you Monday or something at, we were laughing. Yes. We're, we're in our AOA classes, active older adults, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, I know. which is better than IOA classes, inactive older adults, which is probably <laughs> right, what, exactly. I, what my sister said she needs. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. So hopefully I'll see you at the Y soon yep, and we'll get together there. again soon. And hopefully I can meet happy in person. Yes, you will. Thank you. Say hi to Coleman. Okay, I will. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for this. Bye, girl. It was fun. Isn't she awesome? I know you guys loved her. We love her. And I mean, y'all heard the moment that I got the truth bomb when she said, it doesn't have to be big. It has to be done. It was like a bolt of lightning from heaven that struck me. And it was like, I needed to hear that. I have been dragging my feet on my book, trying to make it perfect. And it's never going to be perfect, but it can be done and I'm going to get it done. I am. So um, anyway, we thank thank Carol for coming on and uh, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for the ratings and the reviews that has helped. I Please keep those up. It helps us so, so much. And um, we've only got a couple more weeks of this season left, but we have some amazing guests So you do not want to miss the next two weeks with God and my girlfriends. They're going to be awesome. So y'all have a wonderful week. And we will see you here next Monday on the God and my girlfriends podcast. Be well, friends. Bye.